This is a story that uh, just about everybody has heard since they were little. Um, many of us grew up uh, hearing the story of Noah as children. And maybe because of that, because the story is so familiar to us, it loses a, a, bit, of its, a bit of its edge. So we'll try to take a, a new look at it tonight in a time when there is increasing pressure uh, among some uh, to ban certain books for perceived uh, offensive content, um, someone might want to take another look at this story, which has slipped into our consciousness over the years with, uh, for some of us, the older ones, the pre-digital age, before there were such things as uh, screens and projectors. Remember those old felt Bible characters put up on the felt board? And you had, yeah, Katie still has them, of course. Uh, so you got... You know, you got Noah with his long beard, and you got the little animals, and you know, you got the boat, which was, you know, wildly out of scale. If you think about it, that felt arc would have had to have gone around the block to be able to accommodate everybody. But that's how we, uh, we were introduced to the story. And when we really read it, though, just take out your Bible and read uh, Genesis chapters, really, 6 through 8. Uh, the story of the flood. Uh, and honestly, it's a foreboding darkness to this story. And I, I'm not sure that God comes out looking that great in the story. The Israelites needed stories big enough to wrestle with their own experience of God, their own experience of the world, and of loss, and of devastation, and guilt, and hope for redemption and new life. And we all need stories this big to find our way out of those rooms where we've lost something or even someone uh, that we love. We need a story pointing us toward hope and toward new life. So God told Noah to build a boat, and Noah went ahead and, and, and built a boat. There's so much to the story of Noah. Time came for Noah and his family to leave the ark. Uh, after the floodwaters have receded, Noah had waited anxiously. It was the second time in the reading that uh, Katie read where Noah sent out a dove and waited and waited Wondering if it would return, would it find land? Was the journey almost over? He and his ark were stuck up in the mountains somewhere, and they had no way of really knowing what was happening out in the world. And then it happened. That moment happened. The dove returned and landed in Noah's hand, and it had a small sprig of green in its little beak. It was an olive leaf or an olive twig, depending on how you translate the word. So somewhere out there, and not so very far away, because doves have a certain range, there is a tree budding. Huh? There is dry land. There is new life, something growing. Fun fact, olive trees can live to be over 
2,000 years old. I remember visiting the Holy Land many years ago, and we were, we were, it was pointed out to us that these olive trees in this grove in an area which was likely to have been the Garden of Gethsemane we read about in the Gospels, that these trees, one or more of them, may well have been there on the very night when Jesus prayed that this cup might pass from him, but not my will, but your will be done. Somehow, Noah could now believe that life was returning. It was a profound moment of hope and relief. Uh, of celebration, but also sadness. So many people had perished in this story, just wiped out. But now, there was hope and a chance for a new beginning. So much was lost, but now the world, it seemed, was found. Now it would spring to life again, bursting forth with animals and plants and and trees and food, it would all be possible again. Life was returning to the earth, or at least a small sign of hope that that was beginning. And I know that several in our community can relate to this part of the story. You've experienced a deep loss that at the time it felt like the end. But little by little, over time, one way or another, hope has returned. A kind of new beginning has been given. One, I've heard many share, that could not have been imagined at the time, the moment of the loss, those dark days of fear and sadness and grief. And we, we think about so many in, in Ukraine right now, just in the middle of this kind of all-encompassing darkness and violence and hopelessness. We also see tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands getting across the borders into neighboring lands, into Poland, where we're watching people welcome Ukrainian refugees into their own homes as if they were family. It feels like we are experiencing this time of tentative hopefulness on a global scale as the world begins to emerge from this pandemic. This is certainly not true in every place at the moment, but for the first time in all of our lifetimes, no matter how old you happen to be, we are sharing similar concerns and hopes with people around the world. Think of it, people who wash their clothes in mountain streams and bring bananas or live chickens with them uh, to church on Sunday for their offering. Those people have been worried about the same exact thing as those who decide which car to drive on Sunday morning and whether or not to go out for brunch after worship. Poor rural villagers on the lower slopes of Mount Kilimanjaro are feeling hopeful as we gather tonight, that this pandemic is receding. The same virus that has kept us apart and caused so much suffering in Brooklyn Park and in every corner of the world may now be giving way to hope and healing. 
Finally, Noah could open wide the windows and let in the fresh air. And finally, it was time to leave the ark. It was time to go. And God opened the door. In fact, in the reading, God has to tell Noah, get out of the ark. It's time to go. Long ago, that same door had been shut and the rains had come. lasted for 40 days and 40 nights. But now the sun was rising and there was a rainbow in the sky. And God said to Noah, it's time to leave the ark. Go back out into the world and live. Thrive. Your home isn't on the boat. Your home is out in the world. I know that a lot of people in our community can relate to this part of the story. Metanoia has been our theme for these Wednesdays through Lent. It's a, it's a turning in a new direction. And it can be difficult to head out of what has become familiar to us in new directions, moving even into the unknown. I picture Noah pausing and, and looking back at that ark. It had been their home. It had been their safety, their hope, and now, maybe now it just seemed old and tired and, and used up. So he took one last look around, and then he walked out of there and breathed deep and followed the promise of a brave new world. And that's just never an easy thing to do for any of us. Metanoia, turning toward God's promised future for each of us. That is, in fact, the very story of our faith. We are always being called out of the familiar and into the unknown as God's people. From the Garden of Eden to the Garden of Gethsemane, we are people of the promise. You might have noticed, as Katie read the, the, the lesson from Genesis chapter 8, the image of the dove returning with a sprig in its mouth. It is the image that uh, hovers over us in worship as we gather in this worship center. And I've always loved that choice that somebody made back in the day. The moment depicted on our cross is a moment that tells us we're always being called into the future. We're not there yet, but there is promise and hope and the, the, and the presence of the Holy Spirit represented by that dove. But it's that moment when the dove returns with a sprig and Noah and all of us can know that there is reason to hope that life will always conquer death, that new life can come even out of devastation. It's that moment, that moment that we gather under every time we worship. Noah looked back at the ark, thanked God for the many days that had been his salvation, and then together with his big family, he walked down the ramp. He just walked out into God's promised future. And then Noah built an altar, you know, because that guy could build things. <laughs> He, he built an altar in order that he might thank God. And we gather in front and around the altar every time we worship 
to do the same. And then, like Noah and his family, we are sent out, always sent out with a message of hope and redemption and promise and new life. We go together. We go toward Easter. New life. Resurrection. Hope for the world. Amen. I shall not want when I taste your goodness. I shall not.